Coming up in today's Locked On Angels, Sam Blum from The Athletic is here to talk about everything Angels baseball here in the offseason, from starting pitching to the shortstop situation all the way to the lockout. That's right now on Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Steve Granado. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can follow me over on Twitter at Steve Granado, G-R-A-N-A-D-O. All right, we had a really great conversation with Sam Blum from The Athletic. We're going to get to that in just a second. One programming note, want to remind you all that this is our final week of five episodes a week. Starting on Monday, December the 20th, we will be moving to three episodes a week. So we'll be likely coming out on Mondays, Wednesdays. Wednesdays and Fridays. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up. All right, let's go ahead and jump right to it. Sam Blum, great dude, new Angels writer over the last couple of months or so. He took over about midway point through last season, somewhere around there. Um, but he's here to talk about everything. Let's go ahead and jump right to that conversation with Sam Blum from The Athletic. <laughs> Hanging out today with Sam Blum here on Locked On Angels, athletic writer covering the Halos. Of course, Sam, thanks for jumping on today, man. I'm excited to to get you. We haven't had you on the show yet, so very excited to to see you and and to hear your voice. Yeah, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you uh, you having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah, um, there's a, a a number of topics I want to go through here today. Obviously, you're a guy that is following this team very closely and and has got the inside track. So, um, one one question I keep getting here from Angels fans. And it seems like I have to talk about this every week now. Um, and it's maybe something that you might not be thinking about, the mm-hmm. shortstop situation. Um, obviously, the pitching front is what's always been on everybody's forefront. But this offseason, especially now that we're in this lockout, has I, I keep getting question after question. What's the shortstop situation? What's the shortstop situation? So I'm going to send it on over to you to, to quell those rumors. What is the shortstop situation from your viewpoint? From my viewpoint, and I would preface it by saying it is from my viewpoint, but just kind of reading between the lines and getting a sense of what I think might be happening is uh, my sense is it's going to be internal. They're not. I mean, if you if you listen to what Perry's talked about all offseason and what their actions and what they've, you know, who they've signed and and what their priorities have been and where their payroll is, it really doesn't make a lot of sense for them to go and and make a big signing. I know there are guys out there to be signed, and some of them have already. (laughs) <laughs> Two of them have gone to the, to one division rival team in the Rangers. Um, but, I mean, I think it's – you're looking at Luis Ranjifo. I think you're looking at David Fletcher. I think you're looking at, you know, other guys who they've kind of picked up uh, this offseason, like Tyler Wade, Andrew Velazquez, Brandon Davis. You know, those guys who are just in the organization who, you know, maybe will perform better. I think you know what you have in David Fletcher, especially defensively and, you know, offensively. Uh, not as productive a player right now, but like you said at the beginning, at the top of the question, I mean, their priority is pitching. It's, it's really been their only major acquisitions and they're really their only acquisitions at all so far this off season. So I wouldn't expect that to change, especially since there's still holes in that, in that rotation and in the bull, uh, significant holes in the bullpen too. Yeah. I know that at least looking, you know, outside looking in kind of, you know, to echo 
echo what you just said there, but it, it doesn't seem like, you know, I think if the Angels had done absolutely nothing and all they had internally essentially was was Luis Renjifo, then maybe you can consider, uh, maybe they'd be still considering a Trevor Story or something. But right now, I mean, you get Wade, you get Velasquez, and, and it just seems like, okay, we're going to let them battle it out um, at spring training, which yeah. for, for my money is, is kind of interesting and kind of fun um, if you're looking for a fun spring training storyline. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think people will be disappointed because everyone, especially Angels fans, love a good, you know, big name signing. And the names were there this offseason. It just doesn't really, from my perspective, and I'm guessing, you know, from from the front office's perspective, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, their payroll right now is is just a couple million shy from what it was last year. And I know that there's there's obvious fill, holes to fill in the rotation. And there are good pitchers out there to sign that if you look at just the way pitchers have been getting paid so far before this lockout, would indicate, I mean, if you're going to sign like a Clayton Kershaw at this point, it's going to cost you north of a hundred million, probably far north of that. So that's, that, that's where I think the angels are prioritizing right now. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to sign Clayton Kershaw or someone of that caliber, but I think they're looking to sign another big, um, you know, starting pitcher. They're also going to have to pay, you know, pay some people to, you know, pay some guys out in the bullpen. And I think there's an opportunity maybe if they're, trying to, you know, maybe acquire a shortstop. Um, they could, I guess, trade for more pitching um, and, and look to sign a pitch a shortstop at that point. And there's a lot of options. I mean, there are so many different things. They could, you know, trade Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, and, and really make things crazy. Um, you know, I've had people pitch to me, well, maybe they could, you know, move Walsh to the outfield inside Freddie Freeman. You know, there's so <laughs> many things out there. Uh, you know, you could go down a lot of rabbit holes. I just think if you're looking at it really logically, and the way that they've kind of talked and the way that they have already kind of made moves so far this offseason, and especially if you just look at the math, look at the money, look at the payroll, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to go out and, and do some big, big splash to get like Carlos Correa. It just it doesn't seem like it fits right now. Yeah, and also just I think – a lot of it has to do with Angels fans have been uh, very lucky with their shortstop situation for years and years and years. Right. They've had very good shortstops for years and years. All right, Angels fans, it's been an interesting offseason to say the least. And it's not going to be long before pitchers and catchers report. And I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy baseball platform in the industry. It's Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable MLB fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. They got them all. Create or join a fantasy baseball commissioner league, invite your friends, and dominate your draft this season. It's also the top dynasty fantasy baseball platform in the industry. And if you're coming from another service, Fantrax can actually import all your current leagues and customize them if needed. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports, since 2008, Fantrax invites you to sign up today for free. And if you do, you're going to be entered to win an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. baseball. Awesome. Go to Fantrax.com slash locked on. Use the promo code Tatis. That's T-A-T-I-S. No accent. Tatis. When you sign up to be eligible to win. If there's anything lacking in your currently fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Don't miss this opportunity. Sign up today to win official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Ball. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and use the promo code Tatis. 
Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports playball. And this episode is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Stop me if you've heard this before. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, then you're watching movies somewhere else and sports highlights somewhere else. It's a mess. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite things in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more buying another device ever again and the best part of it all no annual contracts so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required and content varies by package You brought up pitching, so let's go ahead and, and go to there. But I want to take it from a different angle. You had a, a really interesting piece that we actually talked about on Lockdown Angels last week um, was the Michael Lorenzen piece and and his decision to come to Anaheim. And I use that word very specifically, his decision to come to Anaheim. He and with Noah Syndergaard, seemingly everything that we have learned seems like they had other offers and they chose Anaheim. Now, f- again, this is all from your perspective. So... From your perspective, would you say that there's a shift a little bit with Perry and maybe a signing uh, of getting like a guy like Connor Hinchlife from driveline into the front office? Are those things that players are noticing now and that's why maybe they're starting to choose Anaheim? You know, it's, it's an interesting question. I think it's tough to say. I think with the Angels, anything that would be considered a shift, you first need to see the results because they just haven't proven it over the years. And so you got you sign guys like Lorenzen. And Tindergarten, I think a lot of people might say that those signings were a little overpriced. Um, you know, they have, I think everybody will portray themselves as having a lot of good options. It would be hard for me to believe that there are many other better options than the money that they signed and the opportunities that they got here. Lorenzen was promised to be in the starting rotation when, you know, he doesn't have any, uh, he has some experience. He hasn't had it in, in six years and he hasn't really proven it. You know what I mean? Um, he hasn't come out and, and been an electric, you know, starter. He hasn't, there, there are guys that the angels have that have more experience starting that will have less guaranteed roles going into spring. And so, uh, you know, I think, yeah, there's, there's, there is a shift and you definitely can tell when you talk with Perry that like, there is a, there is like a concerted effort to make things different, to, to make this organization operate differently and to build you know, probably for the long term, like you, and you referenced the, you know, hiring driveline employee, like, you know, they obviously have made some different changes uh, to the way their, their front office is structured, their player development is structured. So there's going to be some changes. Um, I just think that it comes down to having to actually prove it first. And, you know, if, if these guys on one year deals end up working out, then yeah, I think you could say, hey, look, like this, this, this math, this, you know, strategy has paid off. But you know, until that point, it looks pretty similar to what they typically do, which is sign starting pitchers to one-year deals. Um, you know, it's been like a long time since they've done anything different. It's interesting that they're, the bullpen guys are the ones that have gotten the, uh, you know, the more long-term options this year. So, you know, uh, it's uh, I think they gotta they gotta show that it works first because it's it's been a couple of years of doing the same thing. And you know, I was a little surprised they let out. I don't, who knows what the situation was with Alex Cobb, but you know, Alex talked a lot about wanting to come back, and I thought the deal that he ended up signing you know, theoretically would be in the uh, Angels price range. Uh, it was, I believe, two years, 20 million with the Giants. So, you know, it's uh, it was an interesting guy, thing to let, let him go, especially considering how well he pitched, I thought, especially, um, you know, right before his injury in July and even when he came back. 
uh, he, you know, he was doing really well. So I, I think um, it's, it's just going to be a matter of, of, of let us seeing how it plays out before, you know, we say, Hey, look, the angels are making significant changes. Uh, let's stay on the pitching front now. And obviously the, the elephant in the room is the angels just didn't get one of the big guys, you know, yes, no, Syndergaard, but it wasn't, that wasn't the guy that everyone had on their radar, you know, heading into the off season. So the angels didn't get him flat out. And it felt like groundhog day. I know angels fans were, we're really bumming hard. Uh, the Stroman situation, the Scherzer situation, you know, all these all these big names just didn't happen. They're not going to pitch in Anaheim. So where is that focus now going for the Angels? Are they looking at guys like Carlos Rodon? Are they fully out on free agents? Are they looking towards just going the Luis Castillo route, trying to work a deal out there? Where are the, Where's the Angels focus pitching-wise now? It's got to be interesting because there's not, you know, right now everyone's kind of in this, like, put your pencils down, hiatus type of moment. So, <laughs> You know, I, I, it's, I think a lot of that will depend on where and when we come out of this and how things look. You know, I, I, but I think I'll, I would just say that, you know, without giving you the concrete, here's what they're exactly going to do answer, I, I would say that I think they're going to, it'd be impossible for me to think that they're not going to look at a guy like Rodon, the, the best part starting pitchers that are left out, you know, on the market. You know, you, like you said, there's a lot of disappointment among Angels fans around how, you know, a lot, especially a lot of teams in the division, you know, signing really good pitching like Robbie Ray going to the, to the Mariners. And, and, you know, I think that's, that, that frustration is, you know, amplified when, when it's the teams around you uh, making those, you know, those signings, especially when the angels are known for, you know, shelling out uh, on, on big name free agents. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it'd be impossible at this point for them to say we're out on, on starting pitching in terms of, uh, whether that's the whether that's like making a trade for Luis Castillo because that would be an incredible trade for them and they've they've had successful trades in the recent past with the Cincinnati Reds, um, or uh, you know looking at a Rodon or a Kershaw or you know whoever it might be that's uh, that's still available um, because they need to, they need they need to go in with with more than what they have right now. Um, that's why I thought it was so interesting that they they gave Lorenzen that guarantee because you know if they were to sign somebody else, there's no there's nothing saying like, Hey, what if, you know, Griffin Canning comes into camp and, you know, he's healthy and pitching a lot better and, you know, or, or Sam Bachman is, is looking like he could be, you know, someone that might start up. That's why I'm surprised that that, that was, you know, kind of a finite decision on Lorenzen before, you know, he's, he's really shown that that's like something he'll do successfully. Was there like, from what you know, obviously I know you don't know everything about it here, but was there like, Yes, 100% you're going to start no matter what, like even if he just completely can't show up in, in spring or or what? Well, how guaranteed is that spot? According to Lorenzen, it's guaranteed. There's no competition in spring. That was what he said. Uh, and that is echoed by the comments that, you know, Perry made. And um, the thing I find so interesting about that is, is you know, that in, in theory should be a manager's decision. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I know that Lorenzen and, and Joe Maddox did have a conversation of some kind, but I do wonder you know, when you're, when you're making deals and you say as part of the deal, you can have a, a rotation spot that would make me feel like that's a communicated, that's something that would be communicated to Joe Madden rather than Joe Madden communicating that to the player. Um, and so I wonder, it just, it, 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 it raises a question for me about how this exactly is, this whole thing is really structured. Um, you know, is, is it something that Joe is being told, Hey, look, you know, Michael Lorenzen, we sign, we're signing him and we're starting him. Or is it something that, you know, Joe is really involved in those types, types of discussions and, and he has asked first, hey, are you comfortable with this? Because that's also possible. But 
you know, I, it wouldn't lead me to believe that. I, I wouldn't think that's likely, but I, I would makes me wonder exactly, you know, how who's calling some of the shots when it comes to who's playing where and 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 how they're being utilized. Yeah, I know that was. Um... At least there were some stories that had come out during the uh, the tail end of the Socha era that there was some front office versus you know in the dugout decisions right. that weren't were a little sour. So I'm curious if that that did uh, that has you know carried over into a newer era of Angels baseball. Um, let's stick with coaching right there. Uh, obviously Phil Nevin coming back. That's uh, that's cool for Southern California baseball. I know Joe Madden's super big on on the Southern California baseball thing and and uh, you know keeping it within the family, if you will. Um, but uh, you know Hank Conger not uh, not going to be coming back to the Angels in, in a coaching capacity. Um, that may have been an option for the Angels in the coaching front. Um, but where do the Angels stand coaching wise right now with those two vacant holes? Well, and the, you know, they, I know they were also, um, at least according to our, you know, Ken Rosenthal said that um, Wayne Kirby is not. <laughs> you don't usually see uh, deals falling apart for like first base coaches, so I was curious to <laughs> see what, why reports about that were coming out. I wonder if there was some sort of issue, back, more background on that. But uh, yeah, you know, I think with the uh, with the Angels coaching situation, it was it was interesting that they um, did not. Keep uh, Jose Molina. He's obviously, you know, one of the better defensive catchers in history, and obviously has a history. Won a World Series, uh, you know, with the Angels, and, and you know, obviously played there. So it's and, and very popular. He's popular with players, and um, Max Dassey was one of the best defensive catchers in the game. So it, it, I'm um, curious to kind of learn more about that. But also, I just you know, in terms of what they're going to do now, obviously Phil Nevin will come back. Uh, then the other two spots are still open. You know. They got to find a catching coach and they got to find a first base coach. And, um, you know, I think it remains to be seen exactly how if the first base coach will be like an outfield coach or, you know, how, how exactly they're going to, you know, put together the staff in terms of coaching infield, outfield. But, you know, they need to find someone. And uh, it was interesting that they did promise like uh, almost a month ago, maybe even more than a month ago, that it would, uh, that, that those announcements would be imminent. So we're still waiting on them. And they can make those announcements and they can make those hires. You know, this is a this is not a uh, situation where it's the you know the, the union is or the lockout is preventing them from from uh, you know discussing that type of stuff. So they can make those hires. That is, is, as far as I know, have not yet. This episode is brought to you by Stance. Okay, the first couple of times I heard about Stance Apparel, I didn't believe what people were saying. It can't be that soft. It can't be that well-made. Well, you thought that Stance was probably going to be another one of those trends that uh, people are always coming up with, right? Then I actually wore some of their socks. Honestly, one of the softest pair of socks, if not the softest pair of socks I have ever worn. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel uh, represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Honestly, that's all great. The socks are super soft. I promise you that. That's the best part of it all. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase with the promo code LOCKED ON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Stance. 
Yeah, let's let's go into that just just really quickly since you get to you know be there every day and, and you get to walk into the ballpark and and see these things happening. You know, the third base coach, first base coach, like from a fan's perspective, who's just flipping on the game at seven o'clock. You know, all we're seeing is a guy waving a hand or he's putting right, a right. hand up or he's grabbing somebody's elbow pad at first. So how how more involved are those coaches when it comes to like non-game uh, specific stuff? I mean, like when with Brian Butterfield, who was the third base coach and was let go, I mean, he was, I mean, he's really well respected as a great infield coach, you know, and I think, listen, the Angels infield defense wasn't what it wanted, wasn't what they wanted it to be. So I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, that probably played a part in why he wasn't brought back. Um, and he obviously has a little history with Joe Madden. Um, but, you know, these guys are, you know, they're doing a lot. I mean, they're doing a lot in terms of scouting uh, the opposing defense. And if you're talking about like sending a guy from third, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it is understanding who is a good arm, who plays where, um, you know, as an infield coach, I mean, Butterfield is the first guy out there. He's basically hitting grounders to no one until someone shows up there with a glove. You know what I mean? And so that that's, that's really their role is to, you know, help develop guys, especially when you have a, an angels team that, you know, I think we'll be using versatile defenders, right? Right. Like you had like Phil Gosselin last year and obviously he's not coming back. But, you know, he was he was not like a sure-handed defensively pretty much anywhere, right? But they kind of had to use him in different places. So, you know, he was someone that was always out there just like getting as much work in as he possibly could. Um, and I imagine it'll be similar if they have like if Tyler waited and makes ends up making the team, you know, you you know, you want him to be sure-handed wherever he plays because I'm sure he's, you know, capable of playing pretty much six, seven positions. Um, you know, and so it's important to have a good, good uh, base coaches and good infield outfield coaches when you have guys who might be playing out of position at times, um, which I think will be something the Angels uh, are asking players to do. This uh, this whole conversation hanging over our heads is the lockout, obviously. Um, we, we joked about it before we started uh, recording here, and you know, I, I know from the fans' perspective, everyone's just like, "When's this thing gonna end?" Like, what's just like, let's go. Like, I, I feel like there's uh, very little patience on the fan front, um, even if it is the off season. I feel like a lot of fans are just going, kind of tuning out, but they're going like, "Let me know when it's over." And that's that's right. that's kind of uh, the the feeling I get from Angels fans and from fans around baseball. Um, what are your feelings? Where, where, where are you at with the lockout? I'd love for it to end, like as soon as possible because you know it's just it's uh it's like you said it's hanging over you because you don't know when uh when it ends exactly and and you don't know if it'll impact the season and i I, listen there's not a lot coming out about negotiations right now so it's it's you're kind of in this holding pattern and you know i just from my perspective as someone that you know trying to looking at it objectively like i didn't love the way that you know mlb came out with the letter posted on every single website and you know, I thought they were, you know, this is obviously a complicated issue with, with people that have different, with sides that have very differing perspectives. And so kind of leveraging the, 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 uh, the branding of Major League Baseball to put out a very one-sided statement was, you know, an interesting choice. And, you know, it's, it's just going it, to, I think all it speaks to is that, they, that these sides are so far apart. And, um, you know, you just hope that the threat of not playing baseball is what forces people to relent uh, both sides possibly to relent on certain things that, that create a, you know, uh, an agreement here because it's, nobody's going to make money with no baseball. Right. I mean, that's all comes down to money and there's no money to be had if there's no games being played. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting dynamics at play here. And I think it's, uh, you know, the, the show or the, uh, Otani Juan Kenobi bobblehead is just running <laughs> into the Juan Kenobi. I know everyone loved that. Um, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's just, I, I think it, it, it probably, if I had to guess, it rubs players the wrong way because it's, you know, I'm not even sure that stuff like that is necessary. Um, you know, I know our, our website, our, the athletic, uh, 
posted a really interesting story about just how necessary it was for MLB to kind of like erase all players from their, you know, pretty much every team website. And it's just, you know, these, these things are, are uh, negotiating tactics playing out in front of everybody. So it's, it's in one, in some ways interesting and in some ways excruciating and frustrating because we're sitting here, you and I are having a conversation about, you know, infield outfield pitching. And at the same time, we're all like, it's like you said, it's just the elephant in the room taking over you of like, well, does any of that matter? Because right now there's not a, you know, there's not even a, a, a season on the schedule until, uh, yeah. until this is done. Yeah, it's very like, yeah, what are the Angels going to do with the shortstop? It's like, well, nothing right now. <laughs> Can't do nothing about it. Um, nope. Yeah, it's a very, very strange dynamic. And at this point, as of this recording, everything I've seen, I, they haven't even met as far as I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and maybe that's a good thing. If we're not hearing about it, that could be that could mean a good thing because I, I doubt everyone's just kind of like chilling right now. <clears throat> I'm sure there's stuff happening, but yeah, who knows? I mean, it's it's yeah. it's nothing, nothing's really out there. So I expect Evan Evan Drellich to know if uh, if something's happening. I'll, I'm following him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, of course, you can follow Sam on Twitter as well. We'll leave his uh, Twitter link in the episode description here on YouTube and, of course, on our audio side. Sam Blum, athletic writer. Highly, highly recommend reading The Athletic. It is one of my favorite publications. And, Sam, um, I'm glad that you're uh, you're on the beat now with the uh, Halos. Thanks for joining us here today, man. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us in today's Locked On Angels. Thanks so much for checking us out and making your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. We'll be back with more. Again, we are still five days a week right now. Starting December 20th, we are going to three times a week. Just a reminder. All right, guys, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Later. Later.